Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trade-ins. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may owe up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. folks, and welcome to Remote Control here on the GeekCast Radio Network. I'm, of course, TFJO and Mike, and this is Remote Control Season Passes, and we're uh, doing another Netflix show. Uh, the last Netflix show we did was Daredevil Season 1 with my buddy uh, Joe Reed and I. Uh, Joe and I are probably going to come back and do Daredevil Season 2. But uh, I have, once again this week, DJ Valentine from Simplistic Reviews. Hello, sir. Sweet Christmas. How you doing? Yeah. No power, man. You can't have any coffee. <laughs> I really want coffee. I'm strung out on coffee. <laughs> okay. So the first thing is, is I'm like, I know everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, Netflix new Marvel series, blah, I have to watch it all right now. <laughs> That's exactly I what I said. <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. What? I still, I still have yet to watch Jessica Jones. It's not because I don't want to. It's just that I don't know the like. I don't. I know of Luke Cage. I know of Power Man. So that's mm. why I was fine doing, you know, watching this series right after I watched Daredevil. Right, right. But I still just have not gone back to Jessica Jones, and I, I, I will eventually. But I, I know he shows up in that. Right. You know. That's a good introduction but, to him. Yeah. So I mean. It's just one of those things where I'm going to have to go back to that eventually and we'll, we'll do one of those episodes anyway. So we're just talking about Marvel's Luke Cage and the whole coffee thing. First thing I thought <laughs> we of. We start, no, we start with coffee? We start with coffee? We got, we got to start with the coffee because we got to get it out of the way. Let's go. Coffee. Let's we go. Gotta, 
we got to get the coffee out of the way. The first thing I thought of, because as I've said many times on all my podcasts, I have been playing Grand Theft Auto for, Grand Theft Auto 4, I should say, for at least eight years since it released. <laughs> and I remember in the San Andreas days that the San Andreas game, if you did it properly, entered a certain code entitled Hot Coffee, that you could basically watch people have sex with each other. Right, 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 right. So, so watching Luke Cage, the whole coffee thing, I'm like, hey, this is Grand Theft Auto San Andreas all over again. <laughs> they stole their coffee idea from Grand Theft Auto. That, I don't know if that makes them worse or, or better. <laughs> it's a good idea, I they, actually. I, I think they pull it off better. Yeah. But... <laughs> Uh, so Marvel's Luke Cage, season one, 13 episodes. I, you know, I like I said, I had no previous notions. I had no previous anything going into this because I think I've seen, is it, um, it's not Superhero Squad, which one was it? There was a Marvel show recently where Power Man was one of the, Oh, is uh, it? Uh, uh, Avengers Assemble? Oh, or, uh... Yeah, it might might have been Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Oh, or, I don't know. <laughs> Some, something where I knew of Power Man before I had ever seen this, and I, I knew of the character. I just didn't know, you know, the whole story or whatever else. So one of my things is is if I don't know the character, I'll just essentially ignore the thing, kind of like with Jessica Jones. It's not that I dislike it. It's not that I am hating on it. I just have no interest in it. There is a huge difference between disliking something before you see it and just having no interest in trying it right away. Mm. Huge difference, folks. Um, but Luke Cage, um, I knew I, I knew somewhat about it, uh, somewhat about the character of Power Man and that kind of thing. And what I didn't know, and it took me about three episodes watching this, is, holy shit, I've seen that guy before. <laughs> Halo. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's no, this is this is actually kind of sad. Oh. Uh, so Mike Coulter, we're not going to even the cast just yet, but Mike Coulter plays uh, Carl Lucas, aka Luke Cage, in the Luke Cage show. And I'm looking at this guy, and he's all beefed up and bulked up and slightly different looking. I'm like, where have I seen this guy before? I know I've seen this guy before. Turns out, he was... <sighs> so sad. He was Malcolm Ward in 17 episodes of the CW show Ringer. He was the strung out... Uh, strung out guy friend of Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, Bridget... Uh, in the CW show Ringer from 2011 to 2012, and I'm like, oh, like something in me, like as soon as I look it up, I'm like, hey, that's my, I know exactly. So is it I'm is like, it Ringer oh, that awesome. show that was supposed to be like revenge, but uh, on the CW or something like that? <laughs> well, Ringer was is completely off topic <laughs> at this point, but Ringer was a short-lived one-season show on the CW. <laughs> With Sarah Michelle Gellar starring as twin sisters, Bridget and Siobhan. And about how they can go back and forth and exchange each other's lives and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. At the beginning of the show, Siobhan supposedly kills herself and Bridget takes So it's her like life. Orphan Whack, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Orange is the No Whack. Orange is the No Whack, yes. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I bite my tongue. I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. And I remember seeing posters of that show, and I was like, how much do I love Sarah Michelle Gellar? 
I was like, not that much, so I never watched it. <laughs> I believe it's still on Hulu if you want to check. I think there's only... I think this is another debate, but I think uh, I think it's only 20-something episodes. 20-something. Uh, I think. I don't know. Off the top of my head, Coulter I'm not was sure. a strung out... Uh... What was he? A dr- he was a strung out. What was he? A bodyguard? What was he? he? No, he was a. He was a. He was a fellow um, NAA person who used oh. to be a drug addict, along with with one of her characters. Um, I swear this is still on here. The oh no, I get wow. Hulu okay. <laughs> was well, like, no, nah, we're not. We don't like Sarah Michelle Gellar that much either. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well then, there goes that. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure you can find it online. So Luke Cage, uh, Power Man, a.k.a. Luke Cage, uh, this series. um, When you first heard about this particular series, was your reaction, holy crap, I need it now? My friend is a huge, huge Luke Cage fan. He kind of introduced me to uh, Luke Cage and Black Panther, uh, respectively, and I've I've become a huge Black Panther fan, but he is still, like, he was telling me everything about Luke Cage. He was like, that was a comic book issue where Luke Cage went to Latvia and beat the crap out of Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom owed him money, and he was telling me all these issues. So I was kind of like, oh, they're making a Luke Cage show. And I was more happy because I love Iron Fist, and Heroes for Hire is essentially when Iron Fist and Luke Cage, who are like besties, uh, team up and make their own superhero for hire detective agency kind of thing. And I was like, well, this is a step in that direction. And I like that book. So I was happy. And I know you haven't seen Jessica Jones. He is very good in Jessica. He's maybe the standout, other than probably Dennis David Tennant, who is, to me, I, I argue, the second best Marvel villain of all time. Uh, so he's very good in that show. So I was, when I, when they told me they're making their own series and every bit of news that came out from it sounded great to me. And they're getting the guy who, uh, who, who, who did Southland, a very underrated show. And he also did a, a couple wrote a couple episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. And he did notorious B.I.G. movie. I was like, okay, I like this guy. I think his name is, uh, Clee, Clee. I, I can never, uh, Ch- uh, Chael Hadari Coker. I think his name is, uh, he, yep. When he was in charge, I was like, okay, this is great. I got a good showrunner in there. And they, and they told me Rosario Dawson was coming back. And they're going to put Misty Knight in it, who's another comic book character. I was very uh, primed. I wasn't Daredevil, like, frantic, because Daredevil gets me frantic. I, was like, I have to see it. I must see it now. I was kind of like, all right, I'm really interested in what this what this is. Because when I maybe two years prior, I wouldn't have cared at all about a Luke Cage show. I would have been Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of apathetic to it, where I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But, but I, I, because really? I didn't really like you're saying, I didn't really. I say I knew the character, but I didn't really. I'm not really in love with Luke Cage as a character. Daredevil, I love that character, and Jessica Jones has one of the most compelling origin stories of any comic book character of all time. So I, Luke Cage, to me, it just you know, I, I, I it, it grew on me. It didn't grow on me as much as Black Panther grew on me, but it grew on me. So I was happy when it was coming out, and I was blown away after watching it. I remember where I first heard about, I mean, I knew of the, I knew of the character. I knew of the name Luke Cage, but I remember now mm. where I first heard about power man. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man. Cause it's, it's, it's him and it, it's Spidey and, and Nova. And that's where I first heard about. Okay. So I right. don't have the same connection as you do. 
And the sad thing is, for me, <laughs> I know this is going to be horrible, but this is going to tie back into mm-hmm. last week where we were talking about Lethal Weapon. I was waiting for Bruce Willis to show up at this <laughs> show with a sign on his back. <laughs> with, a, with a sight on his back? <laughs> oh, oh, sign okay, on yeah, his yeah, the, back. The Die Hard Vengeance joke. <laughs> I was... Yeah, I, I was I was waiting for him to show up with a yeah, sandwich yeah. Uh, <laughs> a sandwich board sign on. For anybody that doesn't know, Luke Cage takes place in Harlem. Bruce Die Willis, Vengeance, Harlem, Spain, Dire the Head, Zeus. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <I feel you. laughs> oh god. Oh god. Um, the one thing that. I know we mentioned this last week, and I, I know I'm kind of do a gonna gonna do a flip flop here on on last week uh, when we talked about the theme song. The opening montages for these shows are great. The music is great. Stops. You can only choose to watch it if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Like if you watch, like, see, oh, really? you don't binge. Oh. But if you binge see, a Netflix show. After maybe the third episode, it'll just start the episode at the end of the opening montage. You would have to actually choose to play the whole thing. So that's a good thing that Netflix has built in. So oh, Because they weird, heard you. They heard you like, somebody's going to get mad at this thing is so long. <laughs> after episode eight, somebody's going to get pissed off. So we'll just build in this well, thing. <laughs> well, that must be... Um... That must be on the actual website because I use I, I use the website, but I also use uh, the Netflix. I assume it's a Windows 8 version app or whatever, but because I have Windows 10, so I, I wanted an app for everything. So I have a Netflix app, I have a Hulu app, I have a CW app. Uh, you know, so I watch most everything on the Netflix. Uh, sorry, app. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I I do everything official. <laughs> I'm an official. No, 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 I'm an official Netflix user. Excuse me. <laughs> No, no, no. I am, I am an official Netflix real user. Netflix users. We have the... No, I'm just joking. I have no idea. I have my pinky. You put your pinky down already. Yeah, right now. <laughs> it is the official Netflix app. That's it's what they told the you. Windows they told store. you from the Netflix. It is. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke Cage, season one. I know a lot of people yes. marathon these Marvel shows. I I can't. I just can't. It's not because I don't like them. It's not because I'm too bored with them. They're all wonderful, wonderful shows. I have to watch two or three episodes at a time yeah. throughout a period of three days. So there's 13 episodes. You know. You know, if you want to do some math on that, two, you know, three or four episodes a day. It takes me about five days to watch a whole Netflix series because I have so much other stuff I have to do. Like the ringer. Like the else. ringer. But you have to watch. <laughs> with this, I ended up. No, 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 no. Oh. I did that over summer when there was no television. Because uh, let's face it, not even no. reruns can save us now in, in, in summer. Uh, so. For me, I think I I think I watched all of this series by let's see, it released September thirtieth on Netflix. I was done maybe Okay. I don't know, somewhere October seventh. So that's not that bad. About a week or so, give or take a few days. Um, but I would watch two or three episodes at a time and I really, really enjoyed what I saw. I liked how 
they built it up. I wasn't so sure. By episode four, I was like, I think I think episode four is uh, where, I think where so, he, yeah. he gives us his origin of the episode four is uh, step step in the arena, yeah. While trapped in the room. At least at least starts with his origin a his little bit in that episode, yeah. Lucas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. It gives us the how he became sort of and the prison scene and all that. So, you know, the, the, that was their Shawshank. Um, He's red. I get you. I can get you a harmonica. <laughs> I can get and, you a <laughs> If he's red, shades then, of, uh, Andy Dufresne. Shades is, um, is... Crawl through a river of shit and yeah. came out with shades <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Uh, by that point, I you know the first three episodes I was hooked, I was ready to go. By the fourth episode, because they're trapped under the whole building explosion because of the rocket launch, I'm like, okay, that's where this is going. We're gonna get the backstory now, and I started to fade a little bit, and then I came back to it, and I'm like, okay, cool, this is going well, this is whatever, and I think I forget which episode it is that that uh, he eventually gets killed off, but. The episode where uh, where Cottonmouth ends up he was shot and killed. Shot Cottonmouth and killed was beaten to death. <laughs> I was like, okay. I think she that. just pushed him out of a window, and well, then he fell, and then she gets the mic stand. And she mic drops him oh, for about ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> that's oh yeah, that's right. Wow. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom. Oh, uh, old Marvin the Martian. But yeah, you're right. You're right. She she does push him out the. So up until that point, I'm like, okay, Cottonmouth is gonna be our big bad. It's he's gonna be the one that Luke has to go up against the whole 13 episodes. At that point, when Mariah kills him, I'm like, wait, so what now? And we've been hearing about this person dying silence, back. Silence, silence, the predator whole, kind of guy. Up to that point, this, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so Cottonmouth's gone. Who's going to take his place? And obviously it's this whole Diamondback story, which ties back into Luke's story when he used to be Carl Lucas and everything else. And I was just kind of worried at first. And I know this is Netflix and I shouldn't be worried, but I was really worried at first. Like, what kind of villain are they going to shoehorn in here now? Are they going to you know, bring in like Enchantress or something and screw it up? Like every other movie she's in. Um, you know... But sadly, you know, not sadly. Luckily, they didn't do that. They 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 gave us Diamondback, who apparently is uh, Carl's uh, half brother, uh, which is interesting. Um, I think what I love most about this show as it's gone along is uh, the fact that Rosario. TV Coulson, TV Coulson, I call her. Marvel television universe for Netflix. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, that's she's that's so much better. Don't you dare insult her like together. that. She's. Ah, I mean, she's Coulson. great. I'm. Trust me, I am not crapping on Rosario Dawson. She's great. <laughs> Other than the fact that she is like <laughs> the one of the most gorgeous women on walking the freaking universe, uh, she is great on all of these shows. And, and I was angry when I first heard her getting cast because I wanted her to get cast as Echo, uh, which is a character from the Daredevil comic books. And they were like, oh, she's going to be this Claire Temple character. I was like... You're wasting Rosario Dawson. Boy, I was wrong about that because she is great on all of these shows. And this role that 
on paper sounds like nothing, but is uh, when you watch it in action, you, I don't know how when she shows up, it's just like a breath of fresh air every single series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She really, really is, and it's just so fun. It really is. It's very, very fun to to have her around, and basically. Why are you hating on Coulson? You know, what did Coulson do to you? <laughs> uh, well, that's not his fault. That's uh, he should he should have stood dead. <laughs> that's not that's not him. I gotta go back and try to watch that show again. Yeah, you're you're, you're fine. <laughs> you're okay. You don't need. To, I mean, the season one's screwed. Season two it gets better, but I can understand anybody dropping off a shield. But for as as much as Marvel um, uh, carries around the reputation of being like the safe, they don't uh, they don't do risky things as they should. Making a movie called Ant-Man was a risky thing. Making a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy was risky. Doctor Strange having Robert Downey Jr. as your flag bearer of your studio. And now uh, Luke Cage I think is going to be remembered as one of the biggest risks when it's said and done. Uh, You you have a show with like not just a predominantly African American cast that doesn't graze by they dive head first into black lives matter movement that's going on right now a hero who wears a costume who he said the, the actor said he uh michael coulter said it's an ode to trayvon martin all under the guise of like a black exploitation show that is i mean you were talking about risky <laughs> that's pretty freaking risky that's, mm. the showrunners deserve a lot that's, more credit uh for the balls yeah, they, they, they they had to have yeah. to make a show like this today i mean Back in the day, it would have been, you know, it has been chalked about black exploitation. Now we're kind of in the PC. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about guys kneeling at flags and and stuff. And it's like, oh, Luke Cage, in your face. I'm wearing a hoodie. Uh, talk about cops brutality, all this stuff. All that stuff, front and center on a Marvel show. That's, to me, way more risky than, I don't know, having Batman kill people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman's only nine years old on that show. You leave him alone. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is a a huge risk, and only Netflix would be, only a platform like Netflix would be able to pull this off. And again, Marvel going the route of using Netflix. Jessica Jones was uber risky. That's all about like PTSD and and, uh, survivor's remorse, rape. I mean, that's, I mean, I always hear that a Marvel's mm-hmm. just the antiseptic, you know, safe place. I'm like, are you watching some of these shows? <laughs> oh no, I. Yeah, no, I, I, I've never said that Marvel's a safe place, never, because um, they do touch on a lot of different things, and I think with Netflix as that platform, allows them to do that without really needing to. And again, the difference here is. We as the audience, instead of having to wait 13 weeks. 13 minutes. (laughs) We can watch it all in one day. We can watch it in, you know. I saw, I I, I I got through Luke Cage in about a day and a half. I was going to say 13 hours, yeah. I got through Jessica Jones a little bit uh, faster than that because I really like Jessica Jones. But um, I can see uh, that show is more, I think, polarizing than I think Luke Cage is because of what the the subject matter dealing with is very dark. But, um... Mm -hmm. Luke Cage, to me, it's just, 
there, there are some problems I'm had with it. And when you brought it up. I think after uh, Cottonmouth goes, that should have probably been the end of season one. I, just to make it tighter. Mm-hmm. Because Diamondback seems like a season two villain. I think if they would have, I know they didn't really rush it, and I know they were trying to. He's kind of connected to the, the the finishing of Luke Cage's origin, so they kind of had to have him there. But just because I, I, I wanted more time with him, it seems like if they would have just ended it with Cottonmouth, because I love the Superman Lex Luthor dynamic that Cottonmouth and Luke Cage has. Because I don't think Luke Cage touches Cottonmouth this entire series. He doesn't lay a, a finger on him. And that's kind of what Superman and Luke, uh, Lex Luthor was, where it's kind of like, you know, brain versus brawn. And I liked how Cottonmouth always had like a, I liked that whole relationship. And I think if it would have just culminated with that, you would have had an almost perfect series. But because it that Diamondback storyline kind of, I don't say it was rushed. It was just, I wanted it to be filled out more. That's kind of one of the major things I didn't like about the show, but I like the show overall, but that's just one of the holes, the Jericho or Judas bullet sized holes that I think I can poke in the show. I mean, for me, you're right. Yeah. Like I said, earlier, go from I here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, he's dead. Where, where are they going to go from here? Are 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 they going to turn Miranda like, um, into the you know the the mama whatever the mother's name is supposed to be? Uh, you know, are they going to turn her into that character, or are they going to go a different direction with her? And no, you then have the introduction of more of Luke's backstory with you know his whole family thing and the whole stepbrother thing with, with, oh, not with um, Diamondback, uh, AKA Striker. And I think what's right. going to happen is they set this up. They set all the origin stuff up for the two of them now. And then season two, they're going to do more with that. Like some sort of ultimate, you know, like right battle or something. Cause the essentially scientist guys this, uh, this lurking around them does recover. Um, of course, yeah, and and I think that's what's going to set up with uh, with season two with what's going to happen and him him and Luke. So I don't mind the whole char- uh, the whole killing of a character change and then bringing in more of Luke's. But I don't mind that. I just thought it was a little bit of a Mayville, at first because it's as a I hell said, of a twist. It'd be, oh, but I think imagine if that was the, the final what episode. What the hell are you going to do now? Let's say you reposition some of Luke's origin <laughs> earlier. And then have that be the final yeah. episode where it's like, and maybe Luke Cage is on the run for Cottonmouth's mm-hmm. murder, and you you have to wait till season two. That would have been like a what the fuck, holy shit kind of ending. But they kind of kind of re- resolve it really. I think again, I don't want to say fast. It's just yeah. they resolve it in such a way where I wish there was that. That just felt like something that could have been handled better if it was a season two. You open with Luke Cage on the run kind of thing. But, I mean, the way Marvel has their Netflix shows, I, I'm not sure if season two of Luke Cage comes before the Defenders or after the Defenders or what. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I, again, like I said already, I have to watch Jessica Jones and then I'll be caught up on all the stuff that they've done. And I believe, yes, Iron Fist is no next, and then it's uh, the Defenders. I think I have to double check right? that. And the thing that I'm worried about, I, I heard a rumor uh, earlier um, 
because uh, Rosario Dawson, we were just talking about her earlier, how she's in all of the Netflix shows. She's in Jessica Jones. She's in Luke Cage. She's in Iron Fist. Uh, she, they, they, they allude that she's going to be in Iron Fist because she gets the 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 martial arts um, flyer thing at the end. Uh, I think she might be the reason. The rumor was that she is going to be the reason the defenders get together, and that reason is because she dies. And if that happens, I'm going to be fucking angry. <laughs> that was I heard, and I hope to God it's false. If they oh, kill her, I mean, it makes all the no. sense in the world because she has, at this point, she, will that, have known no. all of the defenders personally. She knows Matt, who, who when she's kissing up on Luke, it kind of made me feel a little bad because I always wanted her with Matt. And I, Luke in the comic books and Jessica Jones have a, they're like married and with a kid. So it's kind of like that. That was weird for me. Yeah. But yeah, she knows Matt. She knows Jessica. She knows Luke. She's going to know Iron Fist. Yeah. So her getting killed off, it would be a reason <laughs> to get her together. I just hope to God it doesn't happen. I hope it's a, don't do it. <laughs> they're going to like you want us Marvel, not to kill her? Netflix, kill her. Not kill. <laughs> kill. Come on now. No. Not kill Jason Todd. <laughs> Please, nobody call that 900 number and vote to say yes. <laughs> kill him. Oh, uh, we have gotten so far off topic. But anyway, it's yeah, so season one. What I love about the Marvel shows is that it's a it's a full story. It's obviously full story, but it's a full story told to us that we can Ooh. watch on our time, on our terms, instead of having, like I said already, having to wait thirteen. Like you look at something like Lethal Weapon, or you look at any any network television. It doesn't matter. Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones is a little different. It's HBO, but whatever. You look at anything that's on broadcast television. Flash, Supergirl, whatever. You still have to wait until that next week to find out what's happening next. With Netflix shows, bam, they're all the there. Future. Right? The future. You can watch them on your time <laughs> when you want. No commercials, thank God. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yes. Somebody cue John Cena. The time is now. Well, no, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's why I love it. <laughs> when, I remember when Marvel made this deal with Netflix. God, it feels like forever ago. And I was like, this is great. Because one, I was more happy because I knew at the time that they're not going to be beholden to censorship, which means we're going to get darker heroes. Like, God bless him, John Berenthal's The Punisher, which is one of the greatest things ever. So uh, we're going to get The Punisher, we're going to get Daredevil, and we're going to get Daredevil. We're not going to get Daredevil. We're going to get the freaking Hell's Kitchen, Breaking Bones Daredevil. We're going to get Jessica Jones, who's going to be talking about her backstory and not hiding, tiptoeing around it because her backstory, I don't want to ruin it for you, is dark as hell. And you could not put that on broadcast. And they tried to put it on ABC years back. And I didn't know how they were going to do that because it is one of, again, I would say the dark. Batman, Jessica Jones look at Batman like, you're a pussy. <laughs> Your backstory means nothing to my backstory. Not only did my parents get murdered <laughs> or died, that was, like, <laughs> that was before I even had powers. Okay. So yeah, yeah. get out of here. So yeah. Uh, the fact that they put all these shows on Netflix, I knew that we're going to get the actual versions of the of these it, characters without any punches pulled. We're going to get Luke Cage, and we're going to get Blaxploitation Luke Cage. We're going to get that character. We're going to get uh, Iron Fist, so we're going to get Brutal, which uh, we're, I guess we'll talk about that later. Brutal martial arts action sequences 
to the death. We're going to get that stuff. So, yeah. Well, sweet Christmas. Once again, at the time of this recording, this was before I had the Pamela Call Recorder audio issues fixed. If you guys want to listen to DJ and I talk about the rest of Luke Cage from this point onward, please do so. If not, I understand. Please know that the audio issues are fixed at this point as far as I know. But at the time of this recording, the audio was out of sync. It is not us talking over each other. It's the audio not matching up. And I tried to get it matching up. I tried for two hours to fix this, and it didn't work. So please enjoy the rest of the episode. If no one listens, I understand. Thank you. On with the show. Yeah. It's this series. This, these first, this first 13 episodes was just so fun for me. Like, even though I've said I, I, I took, you know, took my time two or three episodes at a time, every episode that I watch, normally when I, you know, mm-hmm. watch something, I put on my analytical glasses and I plan to nitpick the hell out of it. Not because I don't like it, because I want to be able to analyze something about it. Or <laughs> I want to be able to point out this moment or that moment <laughs> or how many times they actually said, let's go get some coffee. I don't know what it, I don't know what that number is, but normally that's what I do. I, I when I sit down yep. here to podcast, I go over every aspect I most possibly with this. I was just sitting back having fun, enjoying every minute of it. There's nothing about the, nothing about the story, about the way the plot has unfurled. I mean, I mean, other than the whole there, villain what, what, change, is it episode? Thing, is it episode four or episode three? I mean, it must be episode four when Luke is going around the town like getting uh, people's uh, stuff back. And I'm like, this just reminds me of Shaft. This is like the the old, and I keep going the black exploitation. This is like one of those black exploitation montages with, or uh, the black dynamite made fun of it. It's kind of like a black dynamite moment where he's just going around and th- you had never thought, you know what? We're going to make a Luke Cage uh, show and we're going to model it after black exploitation. We're going to make a Captain America movie. We're going to model after uh, uh, a spy, sh- a spy Robert Redford movie or whatever. It's just, that is, I don't want to say ingenious. It's just like a really interesting way to take it where it could have been fumbled. You know how bad Luke Cage could have been? <laughs> it's very, it's a very small margin of, uh, you know, error for a Luke Cage show. Uh, could have cast Damon Way. You could have cast the old Spice guy who was lobbying for the role you for years. <laughs> Isaiah Mustafa wanted to have this role for years, <laughs> and they could have went that direction, and it would have been not as good. Because something about Mike Holter, I, I, I he's he's not like a super well known. I mean, he's not the, the Rock or something, but there's something like quiet confidence about him, yeah. where it's like, yeah, that that's Luke Cage. When I look at him, like, yeah, I I I, I buy him. Same thing about Rosario. Every line of dialogue Rosario Dawson says, you don't think it's a line. It just feels like it's really being said by this person. Like the, I think she has a scene with Misty Knight in the police station, and and it's just like it, 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 it didn't feel like acting to me. It just felt like she. This is like Rosario Dawson would normally handle the situation. <laughs> she would just talk down to this woman just like this exactly like this she's she was saying things that i would think of saying if i was in that situation so yeah that's the way they mine their talent they get these actors in these shows uh that may be not as like super popular characters but they embody these characters so well (laughs) 
Oh, absolutely. Halo looking is the only thing I've seen before this. <laughs> and, and again, grain of salt, folks. It's wiki, but looking at just as Wikipedia, because IMDb, mm. I'm sure, has more. But oh yeah, he wasn't. I forgot about him in that. I, you, I forgot all about if, that. If you've seen some of these movies, you've seen him. Million Dollar Baby. He was big, Willie Little. I kind of voiced that movie for ever. <laughs> I have seen Salt, but I, I've, I've watched. He it. was in Salt as the CIA tactical leader uh, from 2010. Wait, he that's was, the father? He was in Men in Black Holy He was in Men in Black He was very really skinny. He, he put some pounds on. <laughs> he's, he's like a chameleon, this guy. This guy is Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Men in Black 3. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Gary. I didn't say Gary Coleman. I said Gary oh, Oldman. <laughs> no, I cannot do a different strokes joke, dude. Come on now. Oh, God. Oh, Commissioner Go Okay, Commissioner, okay. Wait a second here. Oh, God. Uh, I, think, last, I think I was uh, again, There's so many Grand funny Assault people. Grand Assault Wikipedia. Last film they list is Zero Dark Thirty. He was Dev Guru operative, operative Mike. Um, uh, he was in uh, various episodes. He was in right. one episode each of uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent and SVU. He was in, uh, the Ro- he was in Royal Pains as Officer Tanner. In one of the episodes, um, and like I said, you know, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Uh, right before that, last year, he had Agent X for eight episodes. Uh, hmm. Like you said, Halo Night. But yeah, he's. I mean, uh, he's one of those. I guess he's just one of those coven. guys that's he been was, working, uh, and we just, or at least I, have not even paid attention to him. The first time he ever like stood out to me was the Halo uh, short film or whatever, and I was like, this guy's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I heard he got cast as Luke Cage. I was like. Uh, okay, let me see what he does. And then when I saw, once you see him in Jessica Jones, because in this show, he's um, the lead, but it's almost like the world revolves around him. He and we kind of see how he deals with certain things. Uh, and Luke and, and Jessica Jones, their relationship is just, and I think they're trying to nail the hell out of it because their relationship in the comic books is right. very, very, uh, it's like the foundation of their characters almost. And it's very, 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 very well done. And he's very good in that show. Uh, they kind of make an allusion to it uh, in, the, in the Luke Cage show. But in, this, in the show, I, I like it. Somebody made a comment where he's kind of like, I, I, I mean this with no uh, further disrespect. or He's like the black Captain America, where he's, he's very like a, like a decent dude. And he kind of reacts to how indecent people are around him. With, and he fights them with his decency, <laughs> because Luke Cage is not like you know, he's not de- he's not Matt Murdock. <laughs> Matt Murdock he, will, he doesn't get, he has a different uh, train of thought. Matt Murdock is the closest you're gonna get, gonna get to a Batman character in uh, Marvel than anybody. Luke Cage is kind of like gonna do the right thing if it doesn't if that means it's gonna be coming at the cost of himself. He's gonna do that. And the only person yeah. that reminded me of is yeah. Captain America. That is a Captain America trait. On your because even even Mackie's not like that. Mackie's like, look, man, <laughs> they're shooting at you. They're gonna shoot at me. I ain't gonna be. Left. <laughs> I don't know if I be hanging around. And I love Mackie. Mackie's amazing, but uh, Mackie's a different character yeah. than this Luke Cage. And Black Panthers. Oh, that's a that's a that's a yeah, exactly. Whole other. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Back of oh, back of back of Panthers. That's a whole other. Whole other. It's a whole other bag of cats. Yes. 
And sadly, all I can think of is that Facebook meme that's going no, on. No, I am not, but I... I, I uh, <laughs> up, I guess, from Sesame Street, where it's called Sniffle Grabapus. <laughs> Have you seen this? I'll, I'll have to show it to you. It's essentially just snuffle up, I guess, from Sesame Street, drawn, just drawn, not colored, with a yellow toupee on top. I'll have to show it to you. But, all right, so we're so far off topic at this point. Oh, my God. So Luke Cage, absolutely loved it. I thought it was so fun. The storytelling is well done. The acting is It's super. a different show. It's a noir, uh, at this point, if, I am if anything. I'm going to go back so. and watch Jessica Jones to give it a... Eh, not that noir. It's a noir. It's literally yeah. black and white. <laughs> so it's kind of like. Sin but it's City. more of a. It's it, it's. <laughs> I, I always think of kind of leaving Las Vegas because she's self destructive. Yeah. Because yeah. she's been through. People are like, why is she? She's just depressed and she's been through some shit. She's been through more shit than anybody. You name a Marvel character, I have not. I'll put her against anybody in terms of the shit she's went through. So, yeah, and the villain, David Tennant on that show. I know we're talking about uh, Luke, uh, Jessica Jones on the Luke Cage show, but Luke Cage is a part of that show. Uh, David Tennant's villain is frightening. Frightening in the pa- fact of I don't know mm. how to defeat a person yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean, we talk about horror. We're making this during October or whatever and uh, you talk about Halloween characters and the person that scared me the most was Freddy because I don't know how you defeat that person <laughs> you can't I have to go to sleep eventually uh, Purple Man is a person that can make you do whatever he wants by just saying it so how do you defeat that person so it's very scary so and, and the way and Luke Cage is central to that climax of that story so yeah, uh, yeah. You, you might like it but just be prepared. It's not. It is not Christmas and rainbows, my friend. It is not sweet Christmas and rainbows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I love about the Luke Cage series, the first season at this point, is just how, like. We wonder why in the first three episodes, why he constantly says, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. I don't want to be a superhero. I'm not going to wear a costume. You constantly ask yourself, why right. is he saying all this stuff? Is he just trying to be modest or is there something that happened? And then you watch that fourth episode where you have the uh, the flashback of the prison <laughs> and, and how he got the powers and the whole procedure to get him the powers and how he got out of you know, and then he just starts punching walls and starts taking car doors to, you know, fend off bullets. And just that's what I love is they between Daredevil and Luke Cage, they do the superheroic power, the, the, the powers abilities very well. Like, you know, he's super strong. You know, he's not, you know, in, in, in Luke Cage specifically, you see. How yeah, whatever they give them. <laughs> whatever the hell. I don't want to call it mutagen because it really wasn't mutagen, but this elixir, this you know, super soldier formula, whatever the hell you want to call it, whatever the hell they, whatever the hell that damn doctor gave him, you know, you see how it has made his skin right. cells, his whole body stronger, not just inside, not just outside, but on the inside as well, because they have the whole scene with Claire trying to help him, and she can't, she can't cut into him, and that kind of thing. And it's just so interesting. It's just so fun. 
the, the soundtrack. Have we even talked about the soundtrack of the show yet? Which is, I would compare only to maybe Guardians of the Galaxy as one of the best Marvel soundtracks of all time. It's, I mean, every, I think it's the guy, uh, Talib Kali, who's in the first episode. I think he uh, did all the music. He's from this group, if you don't know, called A Tribe Called Quest, which is like my childhood. <laughs> I grew up on A Tribe Called Quest. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, I must download soundtrack. I mean, I was like a robot, like, must download soundtrack, <laughs> must have it on person at all times. So, yeah, the music <laughs> on the show and the musical acts are great. I, I like how they kind of incorporate the nightclub into these episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. It really is because Harlem's Paradise mm-hmm. for the, you know, the majority of until Cottonmouth dies, that's the central villain lair stage except it's it operates as a legitimate business. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean that was just so compelling having these musical acts and, and mm-hmm. having all this kernel activity going on in the background, essentially having uh, Cottonmouth and uh, Miranda or not Miranda, Mariah, sorry. Uh, you know, they're, they're cousins, they're family. So again, I was mm-hmm. waiting cause Alfred, she's, she's, is, she's always uh, great. She's an, actress, <laughs> she's, a, she's an actress that always plays those characters that most of the time will have some sort of turn. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, she she always is, and it's one of those things where I was waiting for Mariah's turn, like I was waiting for her to turn to the darkness, you know, like you were saying last week with Riggs, where we need Riggs on Fox's Lethal Weapon to be dark. I was waiting for her to do that, and she doesn't do that, which is interesting because it makes me. Think she she kind of has a Michael Corleone type uh, arc where she kind of doesn't want to be Cottonmouth. She wants to be legitimate, you know. I'm, I'm not I'm not my family, Claire, uh, Kate. You know, she's kind of that person. And then, like Michael at the hospital, he kind of knows he snaps the he can flick the lighter because he knows he was built, he was made for this. So when she starts doing her creepy criminal activities later in the series it's kind of like she she, she's good at this she doesn't want to be this but this is what she was made to do being a diabolical criminal (laughs) so right yeah that's very very true um it's just it's just so fun and just so funny. I know a Ring lot of him. people are like, uh, I know one person that I had to ask him how many episodes he watched. He's like, oh, I watched the first couple and it didn't really bring me in. T- attention span. It is a slow burn. I would say that. that. The show is a slow burn. It doesn't like have that inside. The Daredevil, like, like the first like episode, they're like, he's something. fighting like a ninja in the parking lot or something yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Luke Cage, it, that's why I say it feels like a blaxploitation. Blaxploitation, it kind of builds, everything builds to an inciting final confrontation, which I guess in this show is the street battle with Diamondback. That's how these, that's how these shows typically, or at least that genre typically worked, where it's like, you know, one guy on one side, one guy on the other, fighting the man or fighting whatever, and then they yeah. finally, at the final thing they would do something if you 
go in there thinking that in the first episode Luke Cage is going to be beating the shit out of a thousand people and every episode is just action packed. It's not that type of show. That's Daredevil. Yeah, that's true. And I... <laughs> that whole end fight with, with, with him and Diamondback... It's funny, because somebody was like, it's this... They, they, I, I was talking to somebody who was cute, kind of like both. iffy on the show. It's like, this is kind of like the Hulk versus Abomination if it was, like, you know, cheap. <laughs> I was just... Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. They didn't really break Harlem this time. They just kind of just, just fought around a, a block. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and like you said before the music in this must, is just quest. amazing uh apparently adrian young and ali shaheed muhammad are the composers on the series for the score yeah yeah um you know just the music in this show, whether whether it's the the performances at the Harlem's Paradise, or whether it's the the intro music, or whether it's the instrumental stuff, it's just so good. The funny thing about the about the show in general for me, and is so weird, and I'm not gonna take any points off of it for this, but it's just one of those things that I noticed while watching the opening credits. I think the reason why the opening credits run so slow for me is not because of the visuals, it's not because of the music. It's because they have to list, and I counted, 13 executive producers. Why the uh, hell does a Marvel Netflix everybody show the piece? need I don't, 13 executive I want to get on this, get on this Leaf Cage show. Me too, me too. Executive, why does this I, show oh, have 13 yeah. EPs? That's what I'd like to know. It, it's like... I've I've no I've never I mean I like I said I know from watching Daredevil and from now watching this I know those intros are meant to be somewhat longish and and draw you in to you know to to get into the mood of what the show is and kind of you know you open the show with a big action sequence with Daredevil fighting seven guys in a hallway you know you have to slow it down somehow. 715. Breath. And I get that's what they're doing with these opening themes, but, and I have not counted on Daredevil. I refuse to count on Daredevil how many mm. EPs they have, but I, I, I had to go back to this. Yeah, I had to go back to this, and I'm like, 13 executive producers, really? 13? They really I, I, again, need that I think it, it, it might happen after their Defenders, because um, I think, I, I'm pretty sure I know, know Iron Fist is I'm next. And I'm pretty sure it's Defenders, and I I think Jessica Jones it, might come it, well, before that, and then Luke or come after Defenders, and then Luke Cage. I believe this is just me shooting in the dark. Punisher is in yeah. there somewhere too, which people keep forgetting. Punisher comes out soon, so and I I, I guess he's splintering off from the Defenders because I know he has Karen Page on his show uh, as a little guest. I think Karen Page yeah, is going to be true. his Rosario Dawson connection or whatever but i don't know when the hell luke season two comes out it's 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 i think up in the air i i, I believe it's so confusing there's like sex city shows so it's kind of hard to remember <laughs> okay uh 
Uh, yeah, the episode I, I was really uh, thinking of was the one I mentioned it before, where really Luke is like, "I'm gonna if you <laughs> keep my name out your mouth," and he's walking around and get everybody's stuff uh, back because Cottonmouth decides to um, steal things and say, "Tell him Luke Cage, this is Luke Cage's fault" or whatever. That was like my favorite episode because that was the one where I thought the show hit its stride. And any scene where Rosario Dawson's talking, because you gotta understand. And it's not because, again. It's not just because she's beautiful. Because it, it's no doubt she is. She is so real. It's uh, you, you rarely see an actress on a TV show, like a Marvel TV show, where you buy her. You just okay. She's she doesn't feel like you know she's being. I don't want to throw your show, your favorite show, under the bus. Arch Gotham, where she's like Jada Pinkett Smith. She's not. <laughs> she, she's. <laughs> <laughs> She's not being super arch or super, you know, hey, over whoa, the whoa, whoa, whoa. real. Wait, 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 wait. Fish you Mooney's not walking down the street, but right Claire the Temple could be walking down the street. You couldn't run Claire Temple. Oh. I, I have never. She would know exactly where to hurt her. <laughs> if. If Fish Mooney and Claire Temple met, <laughs> I'm fight, I'd take Claire Temple any day over Fish Mooney. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, let's clarify something. Gotham is not my favorite show. I I sometimes defend <laughs> it because when I think it's getting good, I like it. But the biggest downfall for Gotham for me is that horrible fishy smell. And thankfully, they got rid of it. For the most part, I, I hope she doesn't come back. She went into the woods last time we knew, um, and as we know, nobody really comes out of the woods after a while. But anyway, elements. No, uh, <laughs> no. It's not bad. Favorite superhero? Technically, Gotham is elements. not a superhero show. <laughs> Gotham is a cop procedural with Batman elements in it. Essentially, is what that is. Uh, yeah. You dug. Loosely you dug. You dug it. Maybe more than I did, buddy. Based elements. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I'm talking about Luke Cage. I'm talking about Luke Cage. You probably dug it more than it's. It's essentially all super all week. I mean, really. Uh, er, Errol's. Er, er, well, no, 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 not Gotham. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I really did dig Luke Cage. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. Oh, and, uh, and uh, it the was great Brett from Pulp Fiction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, I think his name was. Like you said, it was his name. He had a weird. Kind of criminally sounding name. Is it Shady? No, 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 not Shady. Uh, oh God, what the heck is the guy's name? It's gonna kill me now. He was he was Brett in Pulp Fiction. The say what again? Uh, Detective Scarf, Scarf, Detective Scarf. Frank Frank Whaley, I think is his real name. He's the only white guy I remember the show. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he was the only one I was kind of thinking like you're kind of oh, yeah, acting, that, buddy. Yeah, he was because he was always saying like. Really yeah. over the, he well, was kind of doing it over the top cop well. buddy kind of thing. I was like, hey, let's get down a little bit. So when he died, the it was kind of this... like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because Misty is, again, another a- actress who plays it yeah. pretty real. She doesn't play it super over the top. I think her name is um, well, Simone Mizzick. Yeah, I think he had I think her name is. She's, I, I dug her, and I really am not a huge. Misty Knight fan. I know she gets a robotic arm later on and a kind of hint to it during the show. Uh, but I thought they were going to, you know, I thought this character was going to be like a nothing, but she's kind of like 
this one of the centerpieces of the show. She is one of those ele- big elements revolving around Luke. She kind of gets lost near the end of the series where you're kind of like, what is she doing here? <laughs> but uh, she from the from the get go, she's very good. She has great chemistry with Luke. Uh, uh, I mean that literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, she's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, it's, hey, 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 it's horrible. <laughs> what do you want? And my friend from uh, Mr. Robot, my favorite show on television, Ron uh, Ron Jones plays very, Bobby Fish. Very literal. Who folks. this guy? She didn't even know who uh, she came out of nowhere. I don't know from Mr. Robot. First time I've ever seen him. <laughs> and now he's in things, and I'm like, thank God this guy's here because he's great in everything. <laughs> uh, I think he's uh he. Um, what the hell was it? And the, the Mr. Robot uh, character he was playing, he mm-hmm. beat out Steve Buscemi's brother. They actually filmed a scene with Steve Buscemi's brother as this character Romero, and then they recast him with this guy who plays Bobby Fish on Luke Cage because he's awesome. He he reminds me a lot of the guy who plays Bubs on The Wire, but he's not him. <laughs> His name is uh, Ron. I think it's Ron. I think I believe it's Ron Jones. But I, I saw him in another show on uh, ABC with the guy who played Christopher Darden on The People versus OJ. I was like, this guy's popping up everywhere now because he's just good. And he's kind of like, I think, going to be the new Pops. I think he's because he's taking over the barbershop that Luke uh, is running. And he kind of is kind of helping Luke get around some of the legal pitfalls, as it were. So hopefully he'll pop up back in season two. First time I ever, first time I've ever seen him was Mr. Robot, and I thought it was the guy from The Wire, but I looked closely at him. I was like, "Oh, it's a different guy. That guy's this guy's Ron Jones, is a little bit older yeah, than that it was guy." Ron Jones, but he's I great. I mean, wh- wherever he popped up first, I mean, he's always really? solid. Another guy, when you hear him talking to you, you buy him. You're like, "Okay, this guy's he's." I know I, whoever this character is. I know this is not. Mm-hmm. This is a he's the character. He's not performing the lines, as it were. <laughs> Don't remember that. <laughs> no, no, I remember the movie. I Looking still remember his him. Filmography on IMDb. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. He was in. Uh, he got game. Denzel, come on now. He was the. He was. He was the. He was the prison guard. Prison guard Burrell or Burwell. He seems like. He seems like a Broadway uh, he guy. In, uh, he, because he's. See. These Broadway guys, when they come over, like uh, the guy who plays Martian Manhunter on Supergirl, he's a Broadway guy. And you can kind of just tell when you get a Broadway guy because they, they, they know their, they don't mess around. You can just tell this guy's eating this material. He's read the script backwards and forwards. He knows his lines. He's all into this character. So yeah. Absolutely, but I is is one of those things where I, I got him confused really with the guy the guy who plays Bubs on the wire, but it's not him. I forget that's that a different I've guy. Seen him somewhere else in some other television piece or film or something. He, uh, according to great the play, that's uh, one of my Broadway favorites of all time. Database, uh, <laughs> what they list here is. The motherfucker plays, with the hat. Uh, that's, that's when you. That's when you know when you're writing a play. You're like, what are we gonna call it? I got it. Motherfucker with the hat in 2011. 
I hope. <laughs> And he played uh, he played Crooks in of, of Mice and Men uh, in 2014 as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean all these cast members have just really obviously made the show, the writing, and everything else. Just everything has come together with this show. And all 13 episodes, it's one thing to have a 13 episodic television show weekly. It's another to have one that's right mm-hmm. there when you want to watch it, whenever you want to watch it. And you can find the story by yourself without needing to wait <laughs> six or seven days to watch the next episode. Um, I I'll do it ironically, times, probably. Including up until Pop's death, where I used to chuckle when Pops would call him Power Man because I'm wondering like, if he's ever going to take the name <laughs> in like, a season two or a season three. Of that was the one Pop. thing. That, that Sadly, that was the one scene, yeah. if I'm going to poke uh, another hole in it, where I thought Mike Coulter's Pops acting was a little like, oh, off. When time. Pops was hey, dying, no, his, cry every time I hear it. his <laughs> crying scene, I didn't really like it that much. Everything else, he's fine. When he's playing like, you know, angry and charming and stuff he's perfect just that one scene guy kind of took me out of it a little bit but you know it's he's not he's not daniel day lewis not everybody can (laughs) i mean not everybody can nail the crying scene as well as uh let's say uh mr mr gary oldman nobody can though i told him black gary oldman earlier he can't nail it as much as him He's he's not he's not on Lost. He's not on Hawaii Five O. No. He said Daniel Day Lewis. First thing I thought it was Daniel Day Kim. I give it a solid. Uh, I give it a solid four. It's probably my my fourth favorite of the Marvel uh, Netflix right. shows. Uh, so I mean that may sound bad because you got to remember the, the scale, top three: Daredevil season one, Jessica Jones, Daredevil season two. And now Luke Cage. Ironically, I think uh, by this time next year, all of those shows might get trumped for me. Uh, I think Iron Fist is going to be the truth. I'm, I, I, I've got my fingers crossed, but I think it's going to be great. And I want to see these guys, because I saw him at the New York Comic Con, Mike Coulter and uh, the guy who plays Iron Fist, I forget his freaking name, Finn Jones, I believe. Uh, I want a Heroes for Hire TV show which is essentially going to be both of them. I want that show to happen. So if Iron Fist is a, is, is a smash success like these four Netflix shows have been, I think it's going to open up the... I think that show is going to take... I think Heroes for Hire will be awesome. I think Iron Fist will be awesome. I need, I need Iron Fist to be great, so Heroes for Hire will be also great. And I think Mike Holter is going to parlay this into some other stuff because now he's on like everyone's radar. Like, who the hell is this guy that plays Luke Cage? <laughs> Who's this Luke Cage guy? <laughs> <laughs> he's more of a he's more of a uh, he's that's Loris Tyrell with another Game of Thrones yeah, exactly. reference, guys. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. <laughs> I know who you're talking uh, about. You're talking about Mr. Jones. I know, I know. Eight seven, you are not. <laughs> I, I'm talking to the masses. No, the masses out there. Eight seven. No, Look, he's is... he's the he's the Knight of Flowers oh, over there. He's from uh, he's a Tyrell. Uh, Loris Tyrell. Right? It's okay. How can I reference Game of Thrones other than Sesame Street if I've never seen it? Come on now. 
SimplisticReviews.net. You can uh, get our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube. We do some commentaries where we Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, it pretty much. Uh, We just released a Child's Play 2 commentary because somebody requested it. And um, I didn't kill myself. It is Halloween. I I don't know why they picked two over one, but whatever. (laughs) Oh. I don't know. I think the I think our oh, show works so where the worse the movie is, the better we are. <laughs> so our Batman v Superman commentary was amazing. Just be <laughs> thankful that they didn't pick uh, the Bride of Chucky for you. Me, Justin, Lizzie, Matthew Stewart, and a robot announcer named Julie, which uh, she's not really a person, more of a cybernetic organism. There you go. She's, How many she's guys the you that curses? You and what, two other guys? Three other guys? She's, you know, she's, she's the Siri oh, of the show. Oh, God. Well, we got Justin, who's part Batman anyway. Uh, and you got Matt, who does That's a great, uh, he does a, his best impersonation is, is Val Kilmer in Batman Forever uh, calling out to Harvey Dent, trying to confess that he's Harvey. That's his one great impersonation. And then I, I, I typically just fall into a bane once in a while. <laughs> What's wrong to me? That that stuff, yeah. We <laughs> do that all you want. <laughs> no, I love we we loved uh, Ben Affleck. The part our commentary most of the time we were just like Ben Affleck's the best thing of this movie. <laughs> ben Affleck is great. <laughs> you know, That's honestly, <laughs> I'd rather have a vocoder than Christian Bale eating rocks. I think the guy on Supergirl was uh pretty damn good. He's from Teen Wolf. Okay, I'll I'll remember him as from Road to, He's the kid from Road to Perdition, and uh, guy, he's in Everybody Wants Some. That's the only two movies I, I remember that guy from. Henry Cavill. That's that's uh, the guy from Teen. It's like a, think, a spiritual sequel is, to Dazed and Confused. It's Richard. Kind of plays like a douchebag football player. He, he, he's, I didn't recognize him because I'm like, be that's the kid from Road to Perdition. Holy Isn't crap. supposed to be a sequel to something. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Was it Teen Wolf? Uh, <laughs> I don't I'm, like how this is. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I knew I was right. It was, yeah, Tyler. Don't say 50 Shades of Grey. Don't say 50 Shades of Grey. And then apparently he was in. Oh, oh no. no. He was to be in. Oh, no. That was a perfect use of Oh, no, right. by the way. Oh, no. He's going to be Oh, no. That was apropos. It was, poor, that's poor the only He's word you can say when you read that title. <laughs> Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Sometimes you eat the bear. Sometimes the bear eats you. Oh, I, I'm uh, still gonna go Tim Daly. Film, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna oh, sit on Tim Daly. God. I'm just gonna sit on Tim Daly. I'm just gonna sit down here with Tim, good old Tim D. Yeah. Get like old Tim D, Kevin, Kevin C. We're gonna hear watch a TV show. 
Okay, but that's yeah, yeah, but that's voice acting though. That's yeah, that's Timmy D. Kevin okay, C. folks, this has been Remote Control. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Remote Control. There are several ways to get in contact with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com. You can email us, feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can leave us feedback in iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. You can become a fan of us on Facebook by searching Geekcast Radio Network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name, 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Remote Control and wish that you'll tune in next time to hear what TV topic we'll be talking about. Get those remotes ready because we are all remote controlled. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.